Welcome to You Wear It Well. Hi, I'm your host, Jeff Heiserman, physical therapist and founder and CEO of Spectrum Ergonomics and Occupational Health Services. We're at the intersection of fashion and technology, otherwise known as wearables. We look at the people, products, and research that make up this exciting world of wearables. Are you a fashion designer, electrical engineer, or someone with the dream of designing a wearable? Apply for membership to my LinkedIn group page, Biotech Fashion, and join in the discussion. Well, welcome to the podcast, and I'm delighted to introduce to you today the CEO of Tonus Tech, Mariana Recchia, and she is going to talk a little bit about her, her background, as well as where Tonus Tech has been, and where they are right now, and where they look to be going in the very near future. So Mariana, take it away. Hi, Jeff. Thank you for having me here. I'm really happy to share my experience. Um, as we were discussing informally before, I'm also really happy to have the possibility of talking about my experience and exchange uh, potentially through the, this podcast and maybe other events to other women entrepreneurs, especially in robotics and wearables tech. And um, it's it's a very important uh, um, I have a, it's, it's a very important motivation for me actually to to share experience uh, to share challenges and actually even to get some advices from the people that are listening to me today. So I'm really happy to be open talk about our our uh, history our um, uh, our our path until now and. Uh, Let's uh, let's see if uh, maybe someone was that would, would like to get in touch with us. So I have uh, a background in design management. So it uh, it is a kind of mixed background in business and design. Uh, and uh, um, I started my career in consultancy. So I come from Italy. And uh, at a certain point, uh, I moved uh, to Germany uh, and uh, I started to work in uh, the research department of uh, a big automotive company that is Volkswagen. And uh, I was uh, responsible for some of the pilot projects of the company. So it means in the period in which the company was transitioning from selling just cars to start to selling services, in particular mobility services. Um, so uh, our um, responsibility as uh, a business innovation team was uh, thinking to new concept, uh, rolling out a new concept and create a business case behind this, uh, these new services. Uh, of course, it has been a quite interesting training for me because um, I had a budget to manage in and I had to put, put together a team. And actually, uh, especially when you roll out a new service, it's a little bit like create a startup. So the company doesn't have the structure 
basically to um, the structure and the and um, the, 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 the the management basically to um, manage at the best this kind of um, of new concepts and no, doesn't have the experience let's say like that so you have to invent everything so to see maybe best cases to improvise and to see what works so that has been somehow a good experience uh, to go towards entrepreneurship and um, but uh, as uh, I mentioned I don't have a technical background so at a certain point I decided to work in product management in technical departments because uh, it helped me really to deep dive in uh, um, some kind of uh, um, technologies that I was interested in so in particular sensor technology telematics uh, um, and uh, uh, especially moving from cars at a certain point to commercial vehicles. And uh, um, that was uh, quite quite cool also because I, um, um, I, I found interesting to manage technical teams. So coming from a different background, you start to interact with data scientists, uh, developers, uh, and uh, security experts uh, and of course that uh, challenges ch challenged my management uh, skills and it was a quite interesting experience because again I had somehow to learn the job and um, I think I collected a lot of uh, learning that now I'm applying currently right now to support my, my co-founders Dimitri in um, in creating this new business um, at a certain point i also worked in a, a corporate venture so basically i was um i tried to understand the b2b world working on uh, the other side um, uh, com compared to the side in which i'm working now so it means i was supporting startup from the inside so for example evaluating interesting technology that could be used inside by us uh, we were making proof of concept together uh, thinking to potential spin-off um, in a way that uh, um, somehow i trying to understand also what it means for startups to collaborate with corporates. And of course, there are a lot of difficulties there because the, the corporate doesn't know exactly the needs of startups and also the will of startups not to share completely the IP, um, to um, maybe applying and uh, dealing with business models that the corporate was not used to. So it was quite an interactive experience. At a certain point, uh, I really wanted to go myself in entrepreneurship. So as I said, go on the other side. And this is the reason because of from Germany, I moved to London and I attended this uh, Zinc Company Builder when where I met uh, my co-founder Dimi and my co-founder Ahmed. And we put up Tonus Tech. Of course, uh, um, it's also a very funny experience because, again, I was talking about my background and you think you are prepared for that. But then I noticed how I was not completely prepared in the sense that maybe, I mean, I, I yes, I, I had some lesson learned. But when you are on the other side, this is different because you have also to deal with your own self-confidence. Confidence. You have to deal with way less money, so really reduced budgets, and uh, uh, that and you don't have a name. So people would are very happy to test things for Volkswagen and Daimler, and they 
don't know what they can test really with tonus or who you are. So you have to create a brand, you have to create a community. And so it has been quite a challenging um, experience, especially in the first months. And uh, um, I had somehow to, let's say, reinvent or reposition my skills and even sometimes recover things that maybe I, I had forgotten. So that was... Um, it, it has been, and everything was very fast. So I had to do things uh, really fast in few months and be prepared to go from, uh, idea to prototype to the second prototype and to pivot. So this is a bit, um, uh, it's a bit easier to do in a, within a company because you get your monthly salary, but completely different when you have to do with your own savings <laughs> and, uh, relying maybe on, uh, very kind angel investors. So. Uh, yeah, it's completely different. <laughs> yeah. So um, maybe um, you, uh, I can uh, maybe tell you about the challenges as a CEO. So what it means for me to to be a, a CEO. Um, you know, I um, worked as uh, mainly chief product officer. So in the sense, uh, both when I had the responsibility of the project, but I also worked as a, C a CPO ad interim for a startup. It's very different being CPO than being CEO um, because I'm kind of used to the project of coming up with a concept, testing a concept, making user research. This is part, as I said, of my mixed design and um, business background. Uh, I know how to roll out uh, basically a development, how to follow a development, but a CEO um, means also having and dealing with many other tasks. In particular, uh, one of the main tasks is selling an idea and fundraising just with a presentation at the very beginning. And this is, uh, it has been for me also quite embarrassing sometimes because I was uh, feeling very shy to sell the concept, sell the team, sell the vision and the idea. So you feel unprepared. I felt really like, um, um, I don't know, they will really believe in me. They will really think that I am trustable enough to get money. So um, I, I was really, really shy even to ask for money. So that was quite, I think that I was, I was not used that. So I many. Maybe in corporate, yes, when you have to go to your manager and uh, show the plan, show the financial uh, planning and the business case. Yeah, that was used. But when you have to do this uh, um, in front of uh, a potential angel or even towards uh, potential customers, it's completely different. So that uh, I something that I've learned little by little. Uh, I have to say that the journey would have been impossible for me to do, first of all, without my co-founders, but also impossible without the company builder we had behind. So Zinc really, really supported us in learning the job. And uh, in uh, uh, so we had the possibility of um, getting in touch with, with what they call fellows. So they are like mentors in uh, different aspects of the business. And uh, they have, um, some of them in particular, they have been following us until now and they are supporting uh, um, in, um, in in several phases of the project and they are like even a mirror for us so they advise they somehow show your weakness show yourself your weaknesses uh, and your potential too 
So it has been uh, really, really relevant to have this kind of advisors at the beginning. And uh, then uh, um, we have, um, I mean, currently that we have uh, raised also some funds. So the angel that we got on board are also themselves advisors. So this is also very important to have people that are not only interested in your concept or interested in you, but that are so uh, they believe so much in you that they put their money. And uh, so the, 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 the suggestions, the advice that they give to you is also finalized on making a success <laughs> so the, um, for the money, so getting, let's say, a return on investment for what they invested in. And this is uh, really important uh, at the moment for me because it makes me... It pushes me to do also, for example, what is not natural for me to do or what I would be embarrassed to do. But because there are people who really put their money in, in our company, this means, uh, it's, it means something different. It means I'm, I'm uncomfortable with a certain task. I do it anyway. So I'm uncomfortable in meeting, for example, people that are very different from me. I do it anyway. I have to show that maybe we have a prototype and we don't have the final product, it's fine. I do it. <laughs> I, I, so it, is, um, it has been a quite, uh, quite a, big, um, a big adventure in this, uh, in this sense. So, um, of course, uh, um, I mean, uh, one other big challenge uh, that I had is uh, um, believing a lot in, in what you do, in your own idea. So, um, let's say we are, a, we are an hardware startup. It means uh, that we have a long way to go. And this means also that comparing our startup with uh, a software startup or a service startup, um, it uh, make, makes uh, make myself a bit more uh, fragile. What it, it means that uh, um, I can't have the possibility of developing a software very, very, very quickly and testing immediately with the customer. I have to invent ways to make what we do tangible and visible for uh, the customer, the potential customer I interview, so both B2B and B2C. I need basically to uh, make everything possible, so fiction prototypes uh, and uh, um, very maybe not, not nice to see prototypes, but for the sake of making them dream with me. So that has been quite um, quite a big uh, a big challenge uh, and um, a big risk for me because of course uh, when people uh, were, when especially at the beginning I was not really able to communicate at my best what we our vision and what we wanted to achieve so uh, sometimes when people don't follow you and don't understand exactly what you have in mind it's a huge risk also for your self confidence so many times I thought oh my god it's too complex. I have dreamed too big. I need to give up. But then I've been really happy uh, when I met, for example, people who said it's uh, it's better to dream big because it's easier to downsize <laughs> what you have in mind. And this is easier than upgrade <laughs> something that is too easy to copy, um, banal. So this is... Uh, of course, it, it has pushed me to say, let's try it anyway. I mean, okay, I have a big dream, but why not? Why not once in life, at least, to have a big dream? And uh, so um, it makes me really believe in it. I'm, I'm, of course, uh, 
This means also that I'm super easy, super open to people who suggest me a pivot. This is uh, this is wonderful. So if I, if we meet people that maybe uh, mention, okay, this is not really feasible or this is really not easy to uh, sell uh, because there is not a market yet. So it's okay, it's fine. And I really love when people sit with me and think to alternative strategies, basically alternative marketing and selling strategies for the product. I've always uh, been uh, a very big believer in... Uh, creating business models that don't exist so this uh, not exist yet or maybe i can transfer business models from another sector to the sector in which i'm in why not i mean uh, it's uh, it's very um, very creative very very interesting challenge for me i mean uh, the, the, and this also be, belongs to the study i've done so in business design so this is uh, something that uh, i'm quite I'm doing now quite constantly every day uh it's really funny for example to when you create a financial plan for something that you have not yet a precise idea of so you just make you you make hypotheses you play a little bit with it you make 1000 scenarios uh, it's uh before i i got really scared initially so initially we got really scared to do it uh, but now I kind of even enjoying when uh, sometimes I say, okay, I have another idea in mind. I got another insight from a potential customer. Now I go back to my financial plan. I make new hypotheses. Now I'm really having fun with it. So, and then I test it again. So uh, it's not, it's uh, many aspects of the product that have to be tested at the, at the stage in which we are. So the tech the, the the product idea, the usability, the interaction, and of course also the business interaction with the customer. So this is uh, what I'm really liking of the currently of the job I have. Well, I think um, first of all, I want to say that um, your your road has been rocky, a rocky road at certain rocky. points, but yeah. but um, having talked with you for the last several months, I can see that despite you saying you've been scared or nervous, you've just done it. You've, you've said, this is my dream and I'm going to go forward with it. And I think that's a great piece of advice for someone that's in the middle of starting up a company yeah. or thinking about starting up is right. The dream, keeping, keeping the dream alive and not being afraid to listen to other people because I think that's no one knows it all. And so to be able to reach out to people that have that uh, ability that you need for the vision of your product. Um, and I just want to tell the listeners that um, I love their vision. Um, I, I, I connect with their vision and I have ever since we've been talking for the last several months. So um, that helps too. When, when you have a vision that a lot of people can see the need for it. I think that that also makes it easier too, especially um, the angel investors. You know, the angel investors there, they like the idea because I'm not going to give away your idea, but you know, your idea itself is it really helpful for for people in general. I mean, it, it, this is this is something that that help is going to help people. It's going to improve people's health. And I, being a physical therapist, I can't help but be behind that 100%. So I think um, your ideas um, reach out to people, to help people. And I think 
others that you're you're looking to get help from um, bind with that. They connect with that. So I think that hopefully that's hopefully you're not as nervous now as you were a month ago. I'm feeling. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling better in the sense that um, I think. Uh, um, I mean, when you work so long during the day and you receive uh, maybe one yes and uh, twenty-five no during the week, it, it's hard. I mean, it's really hard, and I'm tired at the end of the day. And of course, uh, I mean, you know, Jeff, uh, you and other people have been really wonderful for us because. Um, it's uh, it's incredible sometimes when uh, i kind of temporarily stop to believe in what i'm doing then i talk with people like you and i get another perspective so i get a positive perspective i get uh, maybe um suggestion on how to see the issue that we are currently having from another side uh, maybe inspiration actually uh, one 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 important Thing it has been for us always uh, to build a network, um, building so building a network also um, a network between other entrepreneurs uh, because um, I think in the in the in the area of wearables uh, in general uh, there are um, I mean there are some cases some products. Uh, that have been already validated and successful, but many others to come that are completely unknown from the public. And there are many other entrepreneurs that have very good ideas, but uh, are really struggling with the fact that there is not yet a market out there. And so uh, building a network, uh, not only of potential uh, customers, of potential collaborators, but also a network of other peer entrepreneurs, it has been really, really important for us. So, I mean, we we, we discussed this also between us. We also put in touch us with the, um, entrepreneurs or uh, aspiring entrepreneurs. That has been really, really important at this stage because we support each other. Uh, this is also what we are currently doing in the robotics incubator in which we are developing the, the technology because uh, finally I have the possibility not only to be in my room in lockdown, that has been another problem, another challenge in the last month, but really to just to talk with the other entrepreneurs that uh, took the same big challenge of building um, robotics technology and uh, uh, really um, be patient. So acquire the patience to, um, to, to, to persevere, to continue to do and uh, just go to the next small step. And I'm really happy actually also to, to see already the success of, of other peer entrepreneurs. That is also very important. So we celebrate the success of everyone here. Any small success because I always say if uh, you made it, maybe I have also the chance of doing it, like learning from you. So this has helped me a lot in the last months, really being together with other people who live my same life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, very good point about the past month and and finding yourself just so engaged in Odense and and the whole the whole startup hub there. Tell our listeners a little bit about the startup hub. What what is a startup hub? How did you get? How did you get? I mean, obviously it's a, it's something that a lot of people in robotics starting up want to be there. 
And how did you get selected? How did you get chosen? And I hope to get somebody from Odense in the next couple of weeks that I can have on the podcast. So, but until then, from your perspective, how difficult was it and, and why Odense? Mm -mm. So, uh, first of all, uh, um, we were uh, searching. So, after uh, the company builder in which create, in created our company, we were uh, searching for uh, a hardware incubator. Uh, the reason is because of, uh, I think, um, developing, so especially if uh, you are a company that is not a spin-off from a university. So you don't have uh, yet um, an IP that maybe you researched for a long time uh, through your PhD. So if you are, if you are born, in an, if, if your company originated in another kind of way, um, basically you need somehow to find a place that helps you to build the technology and in particular in the field of robotics uh, it's very important to be where the knowledge is so uh, Odense has uh, the peculiarity in Europe that uh, uh, is a kind of um, small uh, actually area but with uh, about 140 robotics companies and uh, uh, there are um, actually older and new entrepreneurs. So there are several generations of robotics entrepreneurs uh, at different stages, and that creates a very unique community. So um, the choice of pitching here uh, compared to other incubators that we also um, uh, benchmarked is the fact that we wanted to be in a kind of uh, concentrated <laughs> This area where a lot of people uh, like with this, your same passions, <laughs> with your same uh, um, yeah, partly background or, uh, or or vision towards automation uh, are are here and just test things. So um, test um, test technology, but test as I said also business models because. It's not easy. I mean, people think that, for example, it's easy to sell um, business to business a robot, but uh, it's not easy as it looks like because many companies don't even see immediately the need of, uh, of automation. And um, this is why I thought it could be a, a, very, a very interesting opportunity because there are, of course, robotics expertise spread out in Europe. There are several other centers, but it's very uh, strange to find people in a, um, in a population of what is it, of more, a little bit more than 200,000 people. <laughs> so you have so many companies in robotics, so many people that deal with robotics, wherever you go in, in pubs, at events, you find these people and you talk about uh, technology and robotics. So it's, uh, it's fantastic. So um it's um it has been uh, it has been amazing having the opportunity to be selected so uh we we actually pitched the the, the company and i was um i was really afraid in particular i was afraid that uh, um we were we 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 presented a project idea product idea really different from the service robots that uh, this area is used to. So we didn't have an industrial robot. We had a wearable robotics uh, uh, product. So um, I was really surprised and favorably surprised or really happy that they catch the potential in this idea. So I was really, 
um, I I was so um, happy to see that they were understanding the potential of uh, starting to build also competence in this uh, in this area of um, w welcoming us. And um, when when I saw their their reaction, and when I when I saw that uh, when I when I got the news, I said we really need to do it. So let's just uh, let's just come, let's just do it. We got uh, a unique opportunity. Yes, maybe we have to uh, again spend more of our <laughs> um, our savings, and uh, I don't know what will happen, but. Uh, it's a unique opportunity. Let's do it. And I have to say, I'm really, really, really enjoying this. And um, I think also it's important for startup not to have distraction when you build something. So this is another thing. So we are not in the hype of a startup environment like it, it could be London or Berlin. We are uh, in a very focused uh, um location we we, we are uh, in this um uh, in this startup hub we we are in the, in uh, this kind of uh, workshop big workshops area that you that you can see in from your camera and uh, it's um it's of course uh, very interesting because you 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 come in in the morning actually quite early because uh, Danish start to, uh, people start to work very early in the morning you basically start to, to work and interact with the researcher because we, we got, we got the opportunity to collaborate with the, the researchers of the Danish Technology Institute, uh, that they give a lot of insights and expertise on what you are doing. Again, you, you maybe, um, um, have the, have, have the possibility of talking with other startups here. So if you have a technical problem that maybe other encountered, even if we have different robots, but still, I mean, some, for example, sensor technology issues are similar. So we confront, we compare, we find together a funding opportunity and uh, maybe even co collaboration projects. And this is, uh, really what I, um, what, what what we actually needed to to believe in it i i would say this like really believing what in what in what we are doing believing that uh, things are possible things become feasible this is another thing in technology is that um at the beginning it's a vision but little by little you be, you, you start to to think oh yeah by the way it, it's feasible oh yeah we can get it in uh, uh, less months than we thought initially. Yeah, it's, wh why not? It's quite nice. Let's, uh, let's put ourselves strict deadlines. Yeah, let's go. I mean, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's important. It's important for me because I, I can wake up and I have a plan. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, quite, it's quite important. I think uh, my anxiety sometimes in building a startup comes when if I, I mean, before coming here in particular, so in the transition period in which I wake up and I say, okay, I know that I have to finish the prototype. I know there is this, this and this, but I, got, I don't have really a good organized plan. So uh, although I, I have been a product manager, so this is also very funny. You know, you, you think you have it. You've, you have done it many times, but then it's your, you deal with your own stuff. And uh, I don't know, sometimes that... Uh, you forget what you have learned, that self-confidence is a way. And, uh, and instead, now I really feel that uh, we are structuring more and more the plan. And um, yeah, it's different compared to months ago. Yeah, <laughs> for sure.
And and I can I can see that in you. I know we talked a couple of months ago, and um, you were very tired. Um, you were very, <laughs> you were very anxious. And I remember telling you, Mariana, you are where you need to be in Odense. And uh, and you know now you can see two months later. Yes, I mean you 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 can see that now. But you're right. It, it's hard. You know you have all the training, and you have the the degree that says I can be a product manager and I can manage this process, but when it's your own and there's nobody, no manager, there's no supervisor, yeah. there's no CEO above you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably, but you have Dini, of course. Yeah. I mean, he can, you can yeah. certainly, uh, you know, turn to him for help. Although he's the big, he's the big tech guy. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, when it's just you, yeah, you you really there there is a a sense. I think that's a really good point that for those startups out there that you may feel like, oh boy, can I really do this? Is is this is this beyond what I've ever done? It do I have the abilities? But you brought up a really good point. And oh, just for clarification for the listeners, you mentioned IP. What does IP mean? Uh, intellectual property. Okay. Yeah, so just, yeah, just, yeah, just for them to understand what that is. So you have an, uh, you have something like your IP, your intellectual property, and yeah. and you want to run with it. You, you want to take this, and and you you want to have something that you can put out on the market. And you know marketing. I mean, that that's your skill level. But then you run into those doubts, and you brought up a really good point. You are in an environment where there's other people feeling that way, and other people have broken beyond that, and are now. Oh yes, I was worried about that, but I did this or I talked with this person and now you have oh that roadblock disappears. You can now move forward again. So what I've talked with other people here on this podcast is you have multidisciplinary interaction. You have you have people from different backgrounds and that's huge to be able to do. So I I'm glad to hear you talk about that as well because I think that's a real integral part to wearables. There's not mm -hmm. one person that can do it all. No, and, and also exactly. And uh, one important thing and that is happening here is that we are exchanging competencies. So sometimes I feel that we have an extended team. What I mean is that somehow we really, is a, we have a collaboration between startups so intense that, for example, if we don't have enough resources for marketing, like it has happened to us actually, we had um, a friend entrepreneur who um, basically uh, borrowed us, her uh, marketing manager, for uh, um, creating, for example, some communication uh, um, to, 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 to support us in the communication strategy in creating some videos. I mean, it has been really, really amazing. And same thing, for example, in, in my case, I have this corporate experience. So uh, the fact that maybe um, some of the companies here are, have been created by uh, people with a technical background that, that maybe don't know how to sell to corporate since uh, I was, as I said, in this kind of corporate venture initiatives. So I can share some secrets. <laughs> mm -hmm. So how to convince corporate to, to buy or to invest in you and... Uh, I think uh, it's um, it's maybe one of the best thing we can uh, we can get here. So uh, really sharing uh, uh, sharing skills, uh, sharing competences, uh, and advise each other. It's um, is is really 
um, it, it's really what I didn't expect to find. So, I, and I'm really, I'm really glad for that, and uh, glad that I, I mean, I know that there were been there are other like general incub incubators, uh, but of course, robotics is a very specific thing. So it's expensive to build a prototype. You need uh, grants for any small component you buy. You have to find suppliers that maybe in and they are reliable. That should that should be reliable. So maybe local suppliers for the first stage of your prototype, and then of course suppliers abroad for the for the growth. And uh, some of these uh, of these companies can really share their experience even with suppliers. So it's. Uh, it's very important for hardware startup. Uh, it's important to, I mean, you you will make mistakes anyway, of course. But you know, um, listening to the lessons of someone else, it's 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 different. And of course, I was uh, reading uh, blogs uh, on Medium about how to succeed in an hardware startup or all this this kind of buzz things around hardware is art, blah 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 blah. Yeah, of course. I mean, but. I, it didn't help me so much <laughs> or as much as talking with people that every day really deal with it and um, that somehow can uh, we push each other to to go further we just push each other to say okay it has been an hard week next week will be better let's go and uh, it's even to to support us to build the best agenda for the next week <laughs> so yeah it's um, it's great in in closing, what what challenges do you see in the near future? In the next few months, you, you've come a long way. You're you're in a fantastic spot at Odense, and, and, and you're, you're you're working. You're, you're having your successes and failures with the mechanical portion, which that's that's to be expected. What do you see the the challenges faced facing for Tonus Tech in the next few months? Um, first of all, uh, in validating uh, our hypothesis related to the route to market, the route to market is very important. So we have hypothesis, we have maybe, we have some um, potential um, customers, but um, we need to validate further this. And uh, I also, um, we need to, 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 to intensify our uh, marketing and pre-sales activity. We have to understand how to organize this at the best. So now it gets serious. Now it gets, uh, it's no more um, having fun building stuff, but now it gets quite close to the next phase and we have we need to organize as soon as possible. So this is um, an important, an important next phase. Um, the next, of course, the, the next funding round is uh, really, 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 important for us because uh, maybe we can have everything in place but that we don't have money and uh, this uh, I, I don't want to freeze the project you know it is fun because I really thought before when I started that sink and the, the months after I thought yeah I mean if it doesn't work now I can freeze it uh, it's okay but now I'm the more I'm doing the more I become ambitious <laughs> <laughs> the more I think, you know, yeah, of course it's possible. I can, I can do farther. I need, I can do, I can uh, get the resources for the next six months or for the next year. Yes, why not? I mean, uh, and uh, and I think uh, um, this. Uh, so finishing to build the product and starting to sell the product, uh, validating the growth uh, 
um, strategy. It's uh, it's uh, it's really very relevant for us, and you know, it's also typical for art. Where uh, I'm very honest, and I don't I don't I I say something that everyone knows. They always say VCs say. You don't have a prototype yet. You don't have a, you don't have an MVP yet. So come back when you have an MVP. And uh, I really, I mean, this is my goal. So look forward now to the next meetings in which I say, yeah, I have something now. <laughs> and now I really want to want to convince. I want to start to convince people that uh, they can put their money in us, and uh, we have a plan for uh, for the next phase. And um, Yeah, I mean, uh, it's also, you know, it's also um, interesting uh, um, the fact that I am not a classical uh, startupper, I think. I don't have the language of a startupper. I've met people who are way more convincing than me or uh, way more self-confident than me. They, they know the language they have to use with, with VCs. And uh, I see somehow that, um, in, I mean, I'm, I'm working on that, but... I also would like to to be myself, <laughs> so I, I would love, I would like also to to use uh, my own um, way to see things. I want that people value also my honesty in uh, in doing things, and uh, um, I would love to see if if um, if this works and uh, if I am able to convince uh, people to give us a chance. So um, let's see, or maybe we'll change strategy. Let, let's see how it goes. And speaking of knowing the language, what does MVP mean? A minimum viable product is when you okay. have already a, not, only a, a, not only a prototype, but basically something that you can already validate or start to sell to your customers, so maybe beta version. And uh, so it's a step farther of what we have had until now. So it means uh, we have already established some first partnerships to sell first version of a product. So it's kind of a farther, uh, a farther stage than only having a prototype. So we need to demonstrate some traction. So this is what I'm concentrated right now. Okay. Most people know MVP is most valuable player, most valuable person. So I just wanted to, yeah, to get clarification for our, for our listeners on that. Yeah. In, in case you're, they're talking about some sort of um, football draft or you know, baseball draft or soccer draft. Yeah, just, just wanted to get clarification on that. Um, you do know the nomenclature, so that's good. Um, I just want to, I want to say thank you for being on the podcast and, and sharing your experiences from from start to where you're at now, because I, I think it's valuable to share so people understand that the products they see out on the market don't just happen. Um, they, they, yeah, no. they don't magically appear there. Um, it, it's not something that people can put a thousand dollars in and start, start making something. It's, it's not easy. It's very, it's a difficult process. But like you said, and you've said it so well, when you have a dream and you really want to pursue that dream, yeah. Though you clear those hurdles, the, the, you keep moving forward and it's, it's a lot of exhaustion. It's a lot of anxiety. It's a lot of sleepless nights. It's a lot yes. of, not, you know, forgetting about eating lunch. I mean, all of those things that we, we take in, in, in our business world, our corporate world, we set aside all those things, but this is now your, you know, 
Tonus Tech, this is Tonus Tech's baby that you're working on. And, and there's a lot of sacrifices that go along the way while this baby grows up into a, an actual viable product that's actually out on the market. So thank you for sharing um, that. And um, I'm, I'm excited. And we definitely will be touching base in the future once um, this, this product is, is out on the market and it's helping people wonderfully. Uh, I would like to have you back. I, I mentioned the same thing to Demi. I'd like to have him back on too, as to see what's after this. What's next for Tonus Tech? You know, what's I know you can't see beyond that because you're in the middle of all this now. But um, I look forward to asking that question in uh, several months, maybe another year. Have you back on and say what's new with Tonus Tech? You know, you guys have first products out and it's doing great. So what's what's new? What's the encore? So um, we'll be we'll be asking that particular question. So again. Thank you very much for taking the time to speak with our listeners about what it takes to get to this point in a startup, especially a robotic startup in a very crowded field. There's lots of companies out there moving forward, and um, you've done fairly well. You're already up into a density, and I think that's fantastic. So, again, much success and well wishes uh, you for your so product. Much. And uh, we'll be we'll be talking again uh, on this podcast in the near future and see what's what's new with Tonus Tech. Then, thank you, I Mariana. To thank you so much, Jeff. Thanks a lot. All righty, bye bye. Hey, if you're a startup wearable company and you'd like to be able to get your information on this podcast please contact me at my company website, www.spectrumergonomics.com. I'd love to be able to feature a little bit about what you're doing to let the world know about your wearable. Well, thanks for joining me at the intersection of fashion and technology. And may you wear it well.